Here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Good! The Bulls win! They win! Don't you open your mouth about the best. Oh, yo, I'm going to send it for you real quick. L-O-B. Listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game. Not a game. Not a game. We're talking about practice. Lewis gets it to LeBron for three for the win. Yes! LeBron James at the buzzer! mindset when you stepped in the batter's box? Go yard. I mean, I'm a pitcher. Why not swing as hard as I can? I got nothing to lose. It's nothing to man above. Don't put you in situations that you can't handle. Instead of saying, why me? They're saying, this is what he want me to do. And, uh, Cleveland! This is for you! The way we approach the game is the same way we approach life. You do the right thing. You make the right play. Make the right play. And in life, it's the same thing. What do you feel in your heart is the right thing to do? And you do that. You know, it seems so simple, but sometimes the simplest things are the hardest things to do. And um, uh, I think it's just that. Welcome to what? The game. Me. To me. What's going on? What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of What the Game Means to Me. I am one of your hosts, Jelani Brown. Of course, I got my co-host with me again today. That is Bell. How you doing, bro? What's good, man? We, uh, you know, we took a little break, but I'm glad to be back at it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Definitely think it's gonna be a fun show today. Um, you know, we like to do a little fun Friday shows, sports weekend uh, review. Just talk about some of the big news that's going around the sports world this uh this week or you know past few weeks since we've been on and uh. It's glad to, glad to be on, glad to be back. Um, I know one thing we talked about off air, we've been watching a little bit of Last Chance You, Been seeing on Twitter, a lot of people like it, um, like the season a lot. Um, and just, you know, overall, just the change from the football seasons. Um, I, I tend to agree as well. I have liked, or I did like, you know, the series as well. I still think the football was a little bit better. But I know, you know, want to chop it up a little bit about, the, you know, Last Chance You, just kind of what we thought about the players. You know, there's certain situations, everything that was kind of going on a little bit. Um, you know, that's going on with them, you know, being the JUCO, trying to make a D1 and just, you know, their journeys overall. Um, so that's the first thing, you know, we're going to hit on today, you know, last chance shoot, just thoughts. Um, you know, I guess I'll share my thoughts first, just watching it. Um, like I said, I think it was pretty cool. Uh, they really had a pretty good team, pre-stack team. Like they say, there was a few guys that probably shouldn't have been there. Joe Hampton for sure. KJ Allen probably shouldn't have been there either. It's just his grades was, you know, pretty bad. But um, overall, I, I love the... I loved how the team pretty much jailed. They, they, it was different parts that, you know, didn't seem like they worked, but when you put them all together, they, they pretty much worked. You know, you got headstrong kids like Deshaun and Joe. Um, you got quiet reserve kids like, you know, Muhammad uh, or Malik Muhammad and KJ Allen. Um, and you just got kind of got all the other guys that's playing their role in their first year, trying to, you know, figure things out. Um, not used to sitting on the bench, but got to sit on the bench and sacrifice for, you know, the good of the team. Um, and then, of course, John Mosley, you know, his crazy stuff, just doing doing whatever. But everything he did pretty much, you know, brought them the opportunities that uh, they got. So just your initial thoughts. And then you kind of will just go through, you know, hit on some of the key guys that they focused on in the in the series. For the most part, I liked it. Of course, I liked the football one better, but uh, mm-hmm. basketball one was good for a lot of reasons. Uh, yeah. A lot of people aspiring to make it out of JUCO. It just shows you what it takes, the lifestyle. Uh, I, I liked everything about the show, The Coach. 
you know, it's they show the coaches what you need in JUCO. Like when you go to JUCO, that's your probably your worst time, your toughest times. And mm-hmm. a coach to build you up mentally, spiritually, and physically is all you need at that time and to turn you into a better man. Like when you leave JUCO, you want to be a better player and a better man because yeah. you're there for a reason. Some type of maybe character issue, grades, whatever it is. But, you know, good to see people like that in the show and changing young guys' lives. I, I like the show, but I'm always going to go. <laughs> of course, of course. Same here. Um, like I said, but because we'll just kind of go through, hit on the guys, you know, the main guys that they kind of focused on throughout the show. Um, the first one we got, you know, Deshaun Hyler, uh, guy right here over in the by the U, um, you know, leader of the team, captain of the team. Um, pretty much he was at, you know, a D1, he was at, uh, I believe UTEP, um, coaching staff. I know you know how that kind of goes. That coaching staff got changed around, new AD got brought in, they pretty much wiped everybody away, didn't offer him his scholarship that he had been working so hard to get. Um, kind of was back at square one, had to, you know, go back home. Um, and his story, honestly, besides, besides Joe's, his story was kind of, you know, very tough, very rough, pretty much everything that he went through in his entire, you know, career and still probably going through, it felt like he had something that was just snatched away. You know, his mom had cancer, um, unfortunately passed from that. Um, and luckily, I guess, like he said, he was blessed to, you know, have his girlfriend to kind of come into the fold and be the most important woman in his life to push him to continue to be, you know, better and aim for his goals. But like I said, with the scholarship, it was right there, but coach got fired. New AD came in, snatched it away from him, had to go back home, just start from square one. And then being at, you know, East Los Angeles college for two years and having the grind of that Juco or just the Juco grind in general, um, coach Mosley on his back, them losing um, the year previous when they were supposed to win the uh, whole state championship. Just all those things, you know, come into play. He was dealing with also like an injury, like a finger injury um, throughout the – towards the end of the series as well. But overall, like I said, just good, good kid. I'm glad he was able to, you know, find his path, find his way back, and he was able to secure a D1 scholarship at, uh, I believe, uh, Sacramento, Sacramento State. Yeah, Sacramento State. Um, and like I said, I don't know how he did this past year, but hopefully, you know, he did well there. Um, but like I said, he, he was the kind of he, – he was a headstrong kid – Cause I, I will say when when he wasn't as bad as Joe, but when he got mad, he got kind of mad as well. Like he, he, you know, was letting people hear it, whether it was the coach, the players, himself. He 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 got kind of mad. But like I said, they they, they said that's just kind of him, and he has his little moments. Um, but you know, overall, I guess it's good that he was able to balance it. So then, uh, you know, Joe Hampton. But what do you uh, what do you think of Deshaun? Um, you know, tough. Like you said. Good kid had his head on straight because I don't know how I would deal with that. Uh, you know, UTEP, mm-hmm. the UTEP situation happened. Um, losing your parent, both of your parents in a year is something I couldn't imagine dealing with. And then, you know, having basketball taken away from you, you know, it's like he kind of hit rock bottom. But, you know, him mm-hmm. him having that strong uh, female figure in his life to keep his head on straight is big, like you said. And, uh, you know, shout out to him for landing back on his feet and going to Sacramento State. But, uh you know, I just like one thing I like about Last Chance You is the stories. I, I like to hear people's stories, what they go mm-hmm. through. You know, everybody has a story before they make it. Everybody goes through something. And for him to lose both of his parents, go to JUCO, where some people don't make it out. Like, it's not a guarantee you'll yeah. make it out of JUCO. And the fact that he still made it out and he's back where he's supposed to be playing D1 ball is just a blessing. And like you said, you know, he has some character issues, which they all do, some anger problems, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think he's headed in the right direction. Yeah. And I, th- I don't know if they've said it too much in this series john Mo- coach john mosley probably did say a little bit but i feel like obviously you know 
a lot of it can be due towards you know just the backgrounds and, and places that they come from and yeah. you know, the things that they have to you know endure um you know throughout life just you know as we know as african-american uh you know young men that typically it's not the hardest thing you know growing up in this country um in, in certain areas in certain situations being african-american man and you know having your head on straight so um like you just said kudos to them to even be able to you know kind of go through this grind figure things out because the one thing different from this juco than like other jucos in past series where we watched with the football ones like with football they got us they it's i mean it's not normal it's not regular but they have kind of you know they have dorms they got a set place to be live and stay at and you know kind of you know meal plans and eating on all those at least in the past you know uh, last chance shoes that we've seen this one is different because they ain't got that they ain't really have no they ain't have on campus living these kids were going back to live at you know their own houses if they had their own houses uh, i know deshaun did because you know his mom but a lot of them was like living in one bedroom homes like i think malik was leaving living with uh number one right there is uh ziggler and somebody else and they were looking cramped like all their stuff was just piled up in the room so that's another thing i felt like was a lot to kind of you know keep your head on straight like to even have your own, you don't even really have your own living space and you got to kind of make your own way you got to get to practice got to get back home still got classes you know you still got to pass all these you know tests and, and things even get out of juco um because that's the reason some of them were even there like they would they ain't had a grade so yeah. you know that's another thing that they had to go through it was kind of a little difficult um i'm sure for them and even a little difficult to watch but all in all, most of them, to all of them, pretty much made it through. But next, we're going to hit on Joe Hampton. I think this is probably everyone's favorite series favorite, I, I like to say. Um, everybody, you know, kind of knows and sees that, he, you know, he had the talent to to make it big. But, you know, that attitude problem that he got. Uh, so I'll give you give you the floor, let you kind of give your thoughts in, uh, on Joe Hampton first. Of course, best player on the team. You know, it's <laughs> tough. It's definitely tough. Uh, he was a D1, a D1 guy, a Penn State bounce back. He went to Oak Hill out of high school. So basically he was on top of the world. Oh, yeah. I'm like, he's the guy. And then, you know, being humbled, reality setting in, having to go to JUCO, having to struggle, uh, kind of took a toll on him. He's very, very emotional. Let his emotion get the best of him at times. But, you know, some people are like that. But uh, mm -hmm. definitely a fan favorite for the show. Probably the best character. Uh, glad to see him bouncing back. Mm -hmm. But, you know, just... It's tough, man. Like literally thinking you're the guy, thinking nothing could go wrong, and then you're ending up at JUCO where you're struggling for each meal. You know, yeah. not knowing what your basketball future holds is tough. But to see him prevail once again is a shout out to him. Yeah. The, What's your the, thoughts the, on Joe? Yeah, I was about to say the big, biggest thing with him was like just be being able to be in that specific situation, um, because you know he went to jail and everything, and I think they said he said in the documentary like he may have been out like a few days or maybe a week before the tryouts um at uh elac you you saw you know east los angeles college so that's amazing that he was even able to you know go through all that recovery and, and get to tryouts make the team i know the coach fire you know already knew about him and everything kind of knew where he came from went to help him um get to that next level but at certain times i'm like like he knows this is last chance like this was like literally last chance you like last chance for him and he over here just throwing fits at certain times like I, I know it could be frustrating as a player like especially you know when the, the refs are reffing you a certain way versus everybody else like um you know the editing wise they had to make it that way but I know like you know him being one of the bigger kids they was calling a lot of fouls on him even travels like because you know a bigger kid like that big a big that's skilled with footwork typically 
refs are like, nah, nah, like they'll call something that looked like a travel, even though it's not really a travel. So they, they was doing a lot that a lot of that to him. And it was kind of getting to his head to where he was, you know, getting upset, leaving the court, you know, in the middle of the game, getting subbed out, all this, all these different things. And it's like, at the next level, you know, no coach is going to be dealing with that. Like, you know, when you go not to a one school or even, you know, overseas, they'll send you, you know, I've talked to, you know, a few guys, you know, cheese and um, some other people are like, they'll send you home, you know, a few days within you getting over there, you know, doing stuff like that. So I'm just like, I, the whole time I'm just like, Joe, come on, bro. Keep your head, keep your head, keep your head. Stop getting so heated. Like it ain't, it ain't that serious. Like I understand it's frustrating, but you got to calm down sometimes. But it was also cool. Cause you know, the, I forget his name, but you know, the coach in the wheelchair, you know, he was able to kind of keep his head at times. He went to him and um, I think one of the practices when he walked away, went to the locker room to change, he kind of got his head right, brought him back out. Um, and ever since like that moment, that's when it kind of turned around for him, at least the way they edited it, you know, he, he was more upbeat, didn't really get mad about certain calls, even the situations he could have got mad. Um, he, you know, pretty much led the team. He was a fuel off the bench cause he really should have been, and could have been starting yet, you know, had to sit behind Malik cause you know, his attitude issues, him missing practices, him, you know, just not being a consistent guy. Um, so, you know, he six man off the bench. So just him being that spark off the bench and, and being able to get his head on straight and then a critical time for them in, in that season to where, you know, it was kind of do or die playoff time, you know, was, was good to see, nice to see from him. But overall, like I'm pretty sure his attitude and everything has changed now that he's on at Long Beach, but, you know, just to see that he kept getting frustrated about certain stuff. I'm like, bro, you gotta, you gotta calm down. You gotta keep your head. Cause that ain't going to fly, you know, later on in life. Um, yeah. But his story, his story was pretty cool. Like I said, he, he's just, you know, the fan favorite, you know, even on Twitter when the Lakers were looking for a big, you know, everybody kept tagging him was like, this is the big, you know, that they need. And, you know, he quoted in everything, um, you know, happy and all that. So I don't know his numbers at Long Beach, but I'm pretty sure he had, he had another, you know, productive year because like I said, he's he's really good, really skilled guy. Everybody keeps saying he, he got the tools to go pro. Like he can play at the next level somewhere, somehow. Um, so hopefully he just, you know, stays healthy, stays out of trouble and, that's what he got to do, um, you know, to get to that next level. But Joe Hampton, he's probably my favorite character. He, he was pretty funny as well. Even when, like when they went up to the uh, the mountains and the cabins and everything, just just to see like these type of kids that probably ain't never been in, in areas or situations like that, like out in the woods, to see how they act and react is pretty funny as well. But next, want to kind of hit on. Actually, we'll save co- coach for last. But I want to hit on the Malik Muhammad. Um, I'll give you the floor. Kind of thoughts about him. Uh, the big, you know, big man. I don't have much to say about him. Uh, glad to another guy. Glad to see him turn around his life, uh, being humbled uh, and ending up prevailing, uh, getting through the struggle, getting his mind right, doing what he had to do, changing, you know, some of his trait, his personality traits that weren't the best that got ended, had him ended up ending up at Juco mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, finally making it out and going to Central Michigan. Uh, shout out to shout out to Malik. I don't really have much to say about him, but. Another, I'm just happy for all these guys, you know, in JUCO, like I said, there's no guarantee you make it out. So for these guys to get their head on straight for the most part, you know, do what they have to do to make it out. Kudos to them because there's a lot of guys that go to JUCO Mm -hmm. and people don't know that JUCO is not, there's not a lot of scholarships in JUCO. Like even in football, they only give out a handful of scholarships. So most of these guys are paying for it with the little money that they already have to start out with. So, you know, to see him prevail and end up back at a division one school, uh, shout out to Malik. Yeah. And I honestly, I don't even remember why he he ended. It might have had to be, it had to be grades. Um, him and KJ Allen had to be grades, but I don't I don't even remember why specifically he ended up at, um, East Los Angeles College. But you know, it, it was good to see him, like I said, get that 
D1 scholarship to go to Central Michigan because all year long they kept saying Joe should really have his spot. Joe should be pushing him, but he didn't feel that threat because Joe had his own issues going on. Um, yeah. But say overall, everybody started to click towards the end of the season. They started you know, kind of to get on the right page, gel. And I think that trip to the um, the cabin or whatever, um, that was a good call on John Mosley part because I think that's what really kind of brought them all closer together and kind of helped them get over that hump and, and start playing together as a team because, you know, it was a, a grind, I guess, you know, the way they, I mean, it may have just been the way they edited, but the the way they was practicing, the way they was, you know, like I said, just the grind of it all, it did look definitely exhausting. You can kind of see them starting to run out of gas a little bit towards the end because they was playing certain teams that they were supposed to, like, blast and smoke, but they, like, would keep them in the game because, you know, they just wouldn't be clicking and everybody on the same page. But, like I said, that, that trip, I think, is what definitely turned it around and, you know, kind of got them to the position that they needed to be in the end. Um, unfortunately, it didn't turn out or end the way we would have wanted to because, you know, certain diseases that, you know, that's going around. But, you know, we'll talk about that a bit later. But last or last two guys I wanted to hit on, KJ, probably not much to say about him. Real quiet guy. Um, he's the one that's been – that was dunking in every single scene that they were showing. Um, and say quiet guy. He, I think, was – uh, player of the year in the state of California, but his grades just wasn't there. I think he had like a, it wasn't even terrible. He was like really like, he was like 0.2 off from playing D1. I think like a 2.3 or something like that. I don't even remember, but you know, did his two years at JUCO um, and actually signed to the biggest school was, you know, I don't know if he was playing or not, but it was just um, in the elite eight playing with USC. So sure. definitely, you know, shout out to, shout out to him. Um, and like I said, like you, like you've been saying all these kids, just for them to be able to turn their life around and, and be able to, you know, have this opportunity and chance given by um, you know, Coach John Mosley. So real quick before we move on to the next subject, what are, uh, you know, what are your thoughts on him and just uh, everything that he did for the, the program and organization? Uh, first off, shout out to KJ, you know, landing at USC, a big power five school. Uh, he dominated uh, Juco basketball averaging 18 and nine. And like you said, Duncan in every, every scene. But, uh, you know, Coach John Mosley, we talked about this before we started the show. In JUCO, you're coming from your lowest point pretty much, and mm -hmm. you need that somebody to guide you, a father figure. And one thing we're always looking in, looking for in a coach is a guy that's going to help you get better on the court and off the court as a man because sports don't last forever. You know? yeah. uh, to have this role model in their life, you know, they can deal with these kids because they're tough to deal with. A lot of strong personalities, you know, they some of these guys don't have father figures in their life, so they don't really trust any man. But for him to, you know, kind of get a little hold on them and to get them to buy into what he's saying and to, you know, change their ways. Shout out to him. Uh, we all, we all in every sport, we all need a coach like this because a lot of people come from different backgrounds. You know, a lot of people don't have it made it. A lot of people don't have both parents to guide them. Uh, the money situations aren't the best. So, you know, some of these guys struggle at life and they coming into Juco pretty lost. Yeah. You know, as a man, as a player, they don't know what they want in life. They don't know where they're going, but, to have a guy that helps you get your head on straight at your toughest times is what you need in life. You know, shout out to John Mosley. He's really the true, he's really the true hero of the show, in my opinion. You know, like you said, that little cabin trip, you know, got them all closer together. Without that, you never know what, what it took in place. Mm -hmm. So uh shout out to him for just being a father figure and a leader. Yeah, for sure. For and sure. that's what you look for in a coach. You know, some guys just wanna, some coaches wanna win. Some coaches just want to, you know, get the best out of their players as a mm -hmm. basketball player. But like people said, like even for Roy Williams, uh, some of the guys, former players he had, like, thank you for making me better as a man. That's the first thing they said, not a better player, but he taught them how to be a man. So, yeah. you know, 
like I said, we all you, we need we all in every sport, football, basketball, baseball, whatever it is, boxing, you need that coach that will help you get your head on straight, help you get better as a man, because that's really all that matters. This football and that this sports stuff don't last forever. Yeah. One day you gotta take care of families, you gotta raise kids, you know, all that. So there's stuff that's the most important thing, and he valued that. Yeah, for sure, for sure. That that's definitely um said honestly the main thing to take from all of this and take from this whole series. I think that's the the one thing that the assistant coaches were also saying, like, you know, he he's coaching the way he's coaching and pushing the, them to the limits, like the hardest that they possibly can be pushed because, you know, he, that they have no other choice. And he, he wants the best, absolute best for them. And that's the only way that he's going to you know, get that out of them. Um, and like you just said, he, he probably is a true hero, hero of the show, a true embodiment of what you want out of a coach. Um, and like you said, we're going to talk about road runs a little bit later, but that's the number one thing that they all his players typically say is, you know, thank you for making me a better man. Like Roy Williams never, he hasn't been, you know, putting out like top one, two, three picks, you know, his entire coaching career, but he put out, you know, solid, solid NBA players, solid, you know, solid NBA players, solid, you know, coaches as well, assistant coaches. And first and foremost, just solid men in general. Um, like you say, you, you never really hear about any character issues with guys that's coming out of North Carolina. Um, and I'm pretty sure that's exactly what John Mosley wanted for his uh for his guys as well. So overall, though, just to wrap it up, great series. Definitely looking forward to the next one. Um, I guess, like I said, it didn't end the way we wanted it to end, though. Because, yeah, not going to play. Yeah, because they weren't even able to play their state championship. And it was the second year in the row that they were supposed to win. The first year they got knocked out, I think, in the second round. And this year, they said they was primed to take it all. And I, I really felt like they would have. Um, you know, just the way everything was going, like they was clicking at the right time, but unfortunately it happened the same happened around the same time last year, you know, with COVID um hitting all the big name schools, you know, was canceling their tournaments. And of course, like a, a smaller um community college tournament more than likely wasn't gonna last either. But they was on the bus headed there, and then you know, John Mosley got that call and it all got canceled. And it was pretty heartbreaking to see them, you know, not be able to finish out what they had started. Um, just like with anybody in sports, you know, it, it's tough. I'm pretty sure last year, of course, with, with March Madness, it's a lot of guys that we didn't get to see put on a certain stage that, as you can see this year, like, you know, have been making names for themselves. Last year, the guys didn't get the opportunity to do so. So I can only, you know, under, I don't really understand the full extent what they were going through, but I can, only, I can definitely sympathize and see that it was tough for them to go through. And then even afterwards, have to go to schools and not even be able to visit, see the coaches, like they're doing everything through Zoom. Like, you really got to be trusting you know, Coach Mosley and the coaches staff that you're going to, to, you know, put your life in a sense at risk to, you know, kind of put your trust in that program and just kind of go with the flow almost in a sense. But you said that it, overall, like I said, just just a great show. Um, definitely looking forward to more last chance basketball, um, last chance you basketball series, um, maybe another football, football one in the works. But um Shout out to Justin. Appreciate you for, uh, you know, tuning in and everything as well. But next thing we know, we want to hit on, move on. Or did you have any other? Any other uh, no, not really any last words. Just shout out to them for uh, transitioning to basketball. I was a little skeptical at first, but it was much better mm-hmm. than the last. Yeah, that was. Oh, way, yeah. Way better. I was about to say before, I guess we move on, like, I know we've both been saying we like the football ones a little bit better, but I guess what 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 did you like about the football ones a little bit better than you do about the, the basketball ones? I don't really have an explanation. It's just, you know, my love for football over basketball. It was just a little more entertaining. A lot of there was a lot of characters in this one, but is the coach was funny too. Jason mm-hmm. Brown, uh the coach from East Mississippi, you know, and then I could just relate more because I played football in my entire yeah. life. It was just a little different. Not too much of I just, you know, 
I have a preference for football over. But yeah. this was a great series because I was skeptical. I wasn't even going to give it a chance, but that first episode caught my eye. And here we are. So yeah, most definitely. Yeah, I, I was. I played both, and I don't know. Still, the football one still kind of resonated with me a little bit more as well for some reason. I think what the football one did a little bit better though than the basketball one. Like with the basketball one, I will say I feel like they did focus a little bit too much on the specific guys because like you would yeah. see flashes of certain ones like. Like Ziggler, I didn't know too much about his story. They didn't really cover him too much. You know, there was another guy that went to the same school, so I can't even think of his name. I know his name number is 23, though. Um, he's standing, like, in the back in between, you know, two bigs, like, right above the A. Like, they didn't really cover his story either. Like, they would just show flashes of him. Like, they would just show flashes of all these guys. They didn't really cover, you know, football, like – you know, they still had specific guys that they covered, but it's like a wider range. Like it seemed like it was more yeah. guys, more personalities that they would talk about and cover um, versus like this one. They kind of had like their main guys, Deshaun, you know, Joe, KJ, Malik, um, the coach and the assistant coaches as well. And then kind of would show the other guys, you know, here and there. But um, the football one, I think they did a little bit better job of kind of also digging into their stories a little bit more as well. Yeah. Like I know with Deshaun, we got to see a lot of his story, Joe as well. Um, but you know, the football one, I think, just did a little bit more job, did a better job of digging and covering everybody as a whole. Like you said, I think the coaches on all of them have been pretty funny. But you know, all in all, I think the series is just a great series, and definitely looking forward to seeing more for sure in the future. Next, we're gonna hit on while we're on college basketball, we might as well hit on the Final Four. Of course, that starts tomorrow. Both games gonna be played tomorrow. We'll see who will be playing in the uh, you know March championship game on Monday. Um, so Baylor, I know with you that you actually pretty close to having this the the exact final four matchups um on your bracket uh, of course baylor houston gonzaga and ucla the surprise team um is in the final four this year so uh i guess what have you thought about the tournament so far what do you think about these teams and who do you think will be uh in the national championship game start off with the tournament every year i go into it thinking the blue bloods the big time schools the top seeds are gonna win and they prove me wrong every year so next year i'm going into it and i'm picking upsets but great tournament overall i love it like i i really do because the tournament it gives smaller schools a chance to you know put themselves on the map and it also get, this is the time where a lot all these unknown guys like uh, their draft stocks rise you know mm -hmm. there's always there's always a couple guys that end up getting taken in the first round that weren't even getting considered to be drafted before you know yeah. taking your team on an elite eight or final four run when you're an underdog you know will will do measures for your draft stock i love it man the it's not the same as football because i do not believe that these mid-major schools would do this but Mm -hmm. it's literally any given Sunday like you know <laughs> it's winter go home and it's just I, I've been shocked like literally a team that doesn't even sound like sounds like it's a, a medical school or a Roberts yeah. they end up going to the sweet 16 so like literally yeah. anything can happen you know uh but shout out to all the teams that made it to the final four almost had it perfect uh UCLA you know they ruined it for me but I, I, I'm looking forward to the final four you know of course I'm going with Baylor because my guy flagged but yeah I'm interested to see interested to see what's going to happen you know ucla they were they weren't even supposed to be in the tournament first four out team um but they've you know all it takes in basketball is to get hot at the right time and that's what they've done um johnny how do you say his name the kentucky transfer johnny zuzang something yeah. like that uh, yeah i would say like in that, in that game versus michigan he caught fire and put them on his back i think he mm -hmm. had 28 so you know it's just interesting to see because who would have thought that ucla was going to be in the final four even though i do think they're going to get thraxed by Gonzaga. <laughs> But, you know, shout out to them. Cinderella season in UCLA. I mean, uh, California is up right now. They had USC, UCLA doing good. The Dodgers just won the uh, World Series. So, yeah. LA is doing good. Um, 
Yeah, Baylor consistent all year pretty much. They had a loss to Oklahoma State, and I think that might be their only loss. They had one more on there that I can't remember. Uh, Houston, quality team. I've always kept up with Quentin Grimes since he's been at uh, Kansas. He's a quality yeah. player. Uh, I like to, I'm, I'm glad to see him making an impact. And Gonzaga, they've just been the most dominant team all year. You know, Gonzaga, they came on the map about, what, 15, 20 years ago, this underdog team, but now they're pretty much a NCAA powerhouse. Uh, yeah. Undefeated season, dominating season. A lottery pick in Jalen Suggs, a dominating uh, – Timmy might be one of my favorite players. I like him. I like his swagger and, you know, just a well-rounded team. They they have freshmen, sophomore, senior starting, so a lot of experience. Uh, yeah. Well-coached team by Mark Few. So uh, shout-out to all the four teams that made it. It's going to be a great day tomorrow. I really – I think we'll get into it who I'm who we're going to pick, but I, I'm interested to see. every. I think – I think the Baylor uh, Houston matchup could go anyway. I'm I'm favoring Gonzaga, but it, you know this is March Madness, so anything can happen. Yeah, yeah. I, um, same thing here. Like you just said, I won't be won't be too long, but definitely it's been a, a entertaining tournament to say the least. Um, a, a lot of surprise games, a lot of surprise runs. Um, like I said, UCLA being right there. Like I say just catching fire at the right time. Maybe even the right matchups at the right time as well. Um, like I said. I say Yuzang. I don't know if I'm saying it right, right or wrong, but Yuzang <laughs> has been, you know, tremendous. Um, like I said, their point guard, I forgot his name as well, but he's uh, Campbell. Yeah, Campbell. He's held down the fort as well. Like they, they just been playing pretty well. Like you just said, I think they may get thraxed by Gonzaga because you know, they just really have. It seems like, like you said, lottery picking Jalen Suggs. They, they, they're just clicking. They, they got guys on, you know, all levels. Like I said, from freshman to senior, that's just they, they just know how to play. Mark Beer has has a great you know, squad and organization over there. The, definitely the more you know interesting game that I think is going to happen, of course, is Baylor, Baylor Houston. That definitely can go either way because they're both really defensive like team, defensive minded teams. Like they play great defense, but they also can put points on the board as well. Um, like you said, I'm, I'm probably going to be pulling for flag, hopefully, um, you know, as well for them to get to the uh, championship and probably more than likely facing Gonzaga. Um, that definitely is a toss up game, but it's going to be a really really entertaining game as well because you know. Houston's been been fighting all all tournament. Like they've been down a few games to where it looked like they probably would lose, but they just somehow within the last few minutes, you know, fight back, continue to, you know, I don't know, just rally around each other and and put winning minutes together to in order to continue to advance. So overall it's gonna be, you know, interesting day tomorrow. Really, really good games on on tack for us to to watch and definitely looking forward to seeing whoever's, you know, in the championship games playing and seeing just who's going to win overall. But like I said, you, it, like you just said, you know, we're going to get to it. Who uh, who do you got getting or advancing, um, you know, to the championship game on Monday and uh, taking, uh, taking home the uh, trophy this year? I'm going with the matchup that was supposed to happen back in, I think, October, November, but got canceled mm-hmm. by COVID. I'm going with Baylor and Gonzaga. And like I said, I think, you know, I honestly think Gonzaga is going to win because of their size too. Baylor's a little mm-hmm. undersized. Yeah, but. I'm going with my guy flag. I'm riding the wave. Uh, I think their their shooters are tremendous. They have four guards that can kill you from the perimeter, mm-hmm. and I think that uh, they'll show up, make big time shots, and do what they have to do. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with Baylor winning it all. But if Gonzaga wins, I will not be surprised at all because they've been the best team all year. And mm-hmm. I think they're the last team since that Kentucky team back in 2014 or 2015 to start off like 30 and 0. I think if I'm not mistaken, dominant season by them. But mm-hmm. I'd like to see Baylor end it. 
And like I said, everybody's been waiting for this matchup because they were supposed to play, got canceled by COVID. Yeah. So for them to be able to run it backwards, it's great for basketball fans. Yeah, I was about to say, it sounds like it's it's only right, honestly, that we yeah. do get that matchup because, you know, we didn't get to see it earlier in the season. So I feel like, you know, basketball fans will be robbed because these probably have been the top two, um, or at least one of, you know, Gazaya definitely has been, you know, the top program overall in basketball this year. You know, Baylor has had a little bit of ups and downs, but for the most part, they were right. They were right there, number one. I think they were number one, ranked number one for a few weeks. But, you know, they've been right there at the top as well pretty much all year um, long, too. So I think it's only right that we see that matchup, you know, um, what you call it. You said their backcourt, like you just said, the backcourt, I think it's three guys, um, Teague and a few others. Backcourt. Teague, uh, Teague Butler, Butler. Uh, Mitchell, and then yep. Flag coming off the bench. So. Yeah, I would say Flag. I think they said they combined – Minus um, flag, the other three combined for like forty-seven points. You know, there's times that we like literally the Michigan UCLA game was fifty to forty-nine. So you have yeah. you get you got three guys that can average you forty-seven points in the game. That's hard to stop. Um, you know, for Houston, like I said, even though they are a defensive team, defensive-minded team, it's definitely going to be a tall task for them. But like you just said, I, I, now that my bracket, my bracket been busted since week one. I had <laughs> you know Illinois and Gonzaga in the in the final or in the it's the final game um, with Gonzaga winning by like 10. But like I said, I definitely think uh, this is a consolation prize for me. I, I would love to see, you know, Baylor Gonzaga match up. And it would be really cool to see, you know, Baylor pretty much spoil Gonzaga's, uh, you know, perfect season and then see our guy flag get a, get a, uh, you know, March, held the March Madness trophy up and get a ring as well. So um, all in all, been a great tournament, but it's going to, it's going to be some great games on tech and whoever ends up in, in the final, uh, in the final game, I think it'll be a nice matchup for us all to see. So, see next course, we're going to move on or move away from um, college basketball and talk a little bit of football. Um, NFL draft is you know coming upon us in a few weeks, few months, two less months. than a month. Yeah, it was a little less than a month now. I know it's this month. Um, so it's been a lot of controversy, a lot of talk, honestly, for a while, but definitely within this last you know week and a half two weeks a lot of disrespect going on um to a few guys um but we wanted to talk about you know, just the top quarterbacks in the draft kind of give our top five um you know on the quarterbacks in the draft and just you know overall just share our opinion so of course that quarterback guru i'll let you um kind of go first talk about each of these guys and maybe like i said give your ranking one through five and then talk a little bit about each guy and uh, kind of why you think they are where they are oh uh, yeah i'll give my one through five first i i have you know obviously trevor lawrence one the disrespected Justin Fields, number two, Zach Wilson, number three, Trey Lance, number four, and Mac Jones, number five. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, to start off with him, you know, been the number one guy literally since his sophomore year in high school. Like, he, he's literally never given up that spot. It was him and Justin Fields. Uh, all the draft gurus compared him to John Elway and Andrew Luck coming out, which is the highest grades they've given anybody. So you can't mm -hmm. say anything about that. He has everything. Uh, the, the athletic ability, he's, at, he's a sneaky athlete. Uh, accurate, big arm, great leader, alpha male, everything you want in a quarterback. Uh, he's great with the guys around him. So, you know, he's our guy. He's coming to Duval, and he's going to change. He's going to change the, uh, the face of the franchise coming up. And he just has all the tools. Like, there's there's not really much. You know, at times he can be inaccurate and miss some throws, but that's everybody. Every quarterback yeah. is going to miss. He's not going to be perfect. Uh, two, Justin Fields, you know. his Well, for one, Trevor Lawrence was 34-2 and two as a starter, and his only two losses – we're in the national championship game, so that's really all I have to say. Mm -hmm. uh, Justin Fields, 20-2 and two as a starter. Um, a lot of disrespect going on, talking about he's a one-read guy. Uh, he stares down his receivers. He waits for his guys to come over, 
come open. His anticipatory skills aren't there. Yeah. It's a lot of a lot of crap because if people don't know in college, for the most part, your coach wants you to go on your first read. Like not, you know, if you have to, but take your first read if it's there. So a lot of disrespect. He's done it. He's been consistent. Like if he couldn't throw the ball, if he if he always waited for guys to come open, he wouldn't have consecutive games where he goes like what twenty four for twenty five for three twenty. Yeah. And in college, those athletes like that, those windows are real, real small. The athletes are way faster than high school, so you waiting mm-hmm. for guys to come open all the time is not going to fly. And for mm-hmm. him to have that much success, that's just not true. Uh, there were other stories about him being the last guy in and the first guy out. That's not true, too, because his trainer, Ronville, who I trained with a couple of times, I know him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, that's is complete, complete BS. The guy mm-hmm. went vegan in college when you can eat anything you want being at Ohio State just to take care yeah. of his body. Uh, he got on social media, I think, Good Morning America to fight for a Big Ten season this year. So, why would you do all that if you don't care about the game or you don't want to play? Uh, his mm-hmm. worth ethic is unmatched. A lot of people sleeping on him, and hopefully he falls to a great situation. But he's just, you know, him and Trevor Lawrence, same trainer since high school, Coach Ron Veal, uh, one and two since high school. And I think it's going to be the same way uh, in the pros. You know, he can do it all. I think his throw motion needs to be fixed. But with all guys, when they get to the NFL – those guys, are uh, those coaches and coordinators, if you get with the right guy, they're going to fine-tune all those things that you lack. Exactly. So if he gets under the right situation, watch out. Because he hears all the noise, too. He's taking it all in, you know, a lot of fuel to the fire. And I just think with his legs, his athleticism, his big arm, all the stuff you need, all the tools you need to be a, a successful quarterback in the league, I feel like he has. And if, this, if he's lacking in some areas, it will, you know, they'll – He'll figure it out very quickly because he wants it. If you know, so I right, Justin Fields is my number two guy. Zach Wilson, um, he's growing on me. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I was hearing a lot of hype coming out, but I had to watch some of the games and check the tape myself. Uh, very underrated prospect. Like he's he's very uh, I don't know how to say it, but he's just he's a wild card. Like mm-hmm. he could be very very good, but he can also be a buzz. You know, he had he definitely I think. Honestly, in this class, even Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, not as a runner, but he might be the physic- most physically gifted as a quarterback. Uh, he can run. He can throw from any platform. Doesn't need his feet set. Very, uh, very athletic. Um, mm-hmm. See a lot of Aaron, a lot of Aaron Rodgers in him. I know people when people first saying that, I'm like, you can't just throw mm-hmm. a rod out there. But you yeah. know, the quick motion, the twitchy little stuff, throwing from any platform, like he did. One of the biggest things in the NFL, especially with those crazy pass rushes, is you're not always going to have a clean pocket. You're going to have to move around and be able to be accurate from any platform, like, you know, be able to stop on a dime. And he can do all that. Watching the, some of the crazy throws he makes, you know, uh, he just stands out. His He had a very good season going 33-3 and three this year. He struggled in 2019 with shoulder injuries and et cetera, but yeah. he bounced back in 2020 and rose his draft stock tremendously. And from what it's looking like and from what I've heard, watching shows and stuff, I think he's locked in the number two with the Jets. Like, they've even been talking to his family and stuff. But, uh, you know, I like Zach Wilson as a prospect, but I'm interested interested to see where he lands because I feel like he's going to need some fine-tuning as well. But uh, very interesting prospect, and his upside is very, very crazy. So, like, I I don't – I would not put him over Justin Fields, but I see where yeah. some of these guys, you know, the uh, Todd McShades and other people are yeah. coming from. Yeah, he, he definitely has it. So, if he can bring that out, uh, you know, beware. But – I know we'll get to this, you know, later when we do mock drafts and stuff with on the ball, uh, off the ball network and stuff. But I don't think the Jets should take him. But we're gonna move on next. Uh, Trey Lance, you know, only got to play in one game. Had a little showcase game. 
this year. Didn't play very well. He went 15 for 30, 149, and had mm-hmm. a pick with two rushing TDs. But one of another wild cards with high upside. Um, his season in 2019, he had 42 total touchdowns and zero picks and went yeah. 15. You know, you really can't ask for much better. Uh, his draft stock has risen as well, you know. I've heard comparisons to Colin Kaepernick, which is not a bad one because Colin Kaepernick has some decent years, you know, with his mm-hmm. athleticism, big arm. He's a man amongst boys and at the FCS level he was. I know the competition is a little different, not going to be disrespectful to the FCS guys, but I feel like he can transition over. Um, He's definitely – I think out of these five guys, he needs the most work out of all the quarterbacks, you know, oh, wow. mechanics, um, all that stuff. And it's just different at the FCS level. Guys come – you know, way more open uh, guys, bust coverages more and all that. So he's just going to, it's going to, he's going to have to do a lot of adapting, but I think he'll be fine as well. Uh, He's been working with Quincy Avery, who was a very good quarterback coach. So he's been getting right. And from watching him play in the showcase game from his pro day, a lot of everything looked smoother, his drops, his throwing motion, his feet, everything. So uh, sky's the limit for Trey Lance as well. Interested to see, you know, for him to be an FCS prospect and being in the top 10 is, pretty pretty good you know mm-hmm. last guy that did that was Carson Wentz so hopefully yes. he can he can hold it down you know he's 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 up there I it's interesting for him I think more than any of these guys it's about where he lands like of mm-hmm. course it's always about where you land but if he goes to a bad situation with a bad offensive mind a guy that can help him get better I could see him being one of the potential busts in this draft but I don't you know I don't wish that on anybody and last five, we're going to go Mac Jones. Uh, small sample size, only started about, what, 17 games. But this year was crazy. 41 touchdowns, the four picks. But I have him five on my board before I go. You know, he's a Jacksonville mm-hmm. guy. So I have love for him. <laughs> but uh, it's just kind of hard. You know, I was high on Tua, but then seeing him this year, even though I, I still believe in him. But, you know, he's thrown to a track team. Five, five-star alignment, five-star running back, mm-hmm. two receivers that can't be guarding. You know, you guys got, got guys running wide open. But – what he put on film this year, his I think he's one of the most pro-ready quarterbacks. You know, his accuracy is off the charts. He can do everything. And people say he's not athletic, but he's athletic enough to get out of harm's way. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's nowadays, you know, NFL's moving over to more of an athletic yeah, quarterback mobile, league and yeah. stuff. Like, you got to be able to move around, get away from pressure. You can't be a statue in the pocket. That's not what teams are looking for. But uh, I think he can get it done. He's fifth on my list because he has a smaller sample size, and I feel like he played with the best players. Uh mm-hmm. Bama, every year they put out about three first-round linemen. Najee Harris is a monster. Devontae Smith, you saw what he did. Uh, Jalen Waddle, if he would have stayed healthy the, the whole year, uh, I don't know what would have happened. But, yeah. you know, he had a great year. I can't take that from him, but he's number five because he has a very, very small sample size. And we've seen quarterbacks like this in the past have one really, really good year and get to the league and not pan out. Uh, mm-hmm. Steven from off the ball has said this before, and I actually agree with him. I never told him this, but. He kind of gives me, you know, Matt Liner vibes, a great, great <laughs> college quarterback. I don't wish this on anybody. You know, I want everybody to have success, but he scares me the most. So that's why I have him at five. I just feel like I have to see more. And, but if he ends up, the rumors, you know, if he ends up with Shanahan, man, uh, mm-hmm. look out. Yeah. Because like people said, he, I see the Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins comparisons, and he has mm-hmm. a bigger arm than both of them. So you never know. Um, I'm interested to see how these guys pan out, where they land. Uh, this upcoming month is going to be big, but mm-hmm. that's my top five. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And um, real quick before, you know, I give my little bit of thoughts because, you know, I leave the quarterback guru things to you. Um, Chris LeBron, of course, our president off the ball, he asked, better prospect, Trey Lance or Love from Green Bay? I'm going to go Lance. Love 
Love did have some nice film. You know, he he brought Utah State up. He made, like, one thing you look for in a quarterback when they're playing at those smaller schools, do you make the guys around you better? And he made everybody better. Uh, he turned them into a winning program. But I'm going to go – I'm going to go Lance. I feel like he has higher upside. He can do more with his feet, even though Lance is, I mean, uh, Love is a little athletic as well. Lance can just do a little more. Uh, he's more twitchy. He can, I'm not saying he's Cam Newton, but he can, he can do stuff like that. Like he can take a little uh, read option, 50 yards to the house. Uh, I don't mm -hmm. think Love can do that. And they both similar, you know, throwing and stuff, accuracy and stuff. They all need work to be uh, their fundamentals and all that mechanics to be fine tuned. But I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Lance, even though he played at a smaller level. It's really close, actually, but I think Lance has a higher upside. And from what I've heard coming out of Green Bay, uh, even when he got reps, the the little amount of reps that he got, he wasn't very impressive this year. So, you know, only time will tell. But from what I what I saw from Lance in North Dakota State and Love at Utah State, I'm gonna go with uh, Trey Lance. I can see that as. Yeah, I, I honestly I have the same top five as you. You know, we're in agreement with, with, with a lot of things. So I honestly had the same top five too. Um, it's just crazy, like the, the disrespect uh, with with, the, with Justin Fields. You know, we, we've had a few guys off the ball today talk about it. Um, shout out to uh, Jeff and, and Mo. You know, two Buckeye guys. You know, talking about you know knee jerk reality knee jerk analysis today um, about Justin Fields and just the noise around. You know. Say his mechanics, his work ethic is a bunch of false rumors, but you know, um, and shout out to Jeff again. He did write an article about, um, kind of about this thing that about this thing during the NFL draft. How typically, you know, there's one guy not cast as a villain, but one guy that like is kind of made the story of you know the NFL draft this year. It just so happens to be Justin Fields, you know, they kind of you know talk about him, you know, maybe you know, down, you know kind of overanalyze everything that he's doing, just, just certain stuff, kind of like, I guess they made out almost to be like the villain of the draft, but, yeah. um, you know, it, it, it's just, it's just funny, um, that, you know, even with the trade as well, that trade was made by saying, you know, Mac Jones to three now, which is kind of like my next question when I want to segue into it and, and ask you about, um, about basically about the order now and kind of like, where do you think these guys will fall? I know, like you said, we're going to do the off the ball, um, mock draft 2.0 next week, but, you know, with these guys, where do you kind of see them falling and where do you think, you know, is the best situation for them? You know, we can skip Trevor Lawrence because we already know he's going to be in Duval yeah. with, with you. Talk about that. <laughs> but uh, now that that trade was made um, with, with San Fran, um, San Fran and, and Miami, and then another one with Miami and the Eagles, where do you kind of see the, these guys falling? Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with the – I'm going to go in the order of the picks. Jets uh, – I don't know why. If I was a GM for the Jets, I believe in Sam Darnold as a quarterback. Yeah, you can't. I think you can't produce in the NFL unless you have a little bit of help. Like mm -hmm. Mahomes is great, but without an O line, we see what happened. Like you need some support. Mm -hmm. These guys in the NFL are too good, too good of athletes for that. But the Jets are taking Zach Wilson. Unfortunately, uh, you know he's going there, but I think he's going to struggle because what are they? What are they? What weapons did they add? They have the same same exact team. They added Corey Davis, uh, some guys on defense, but. I don't see much changing. I feel like it's a – I feel bad for Zach. You know, of course he wants to go number two. Uh, that New York media is rough. Like, yep. It's rough. So hopefully he has tough skin. Sam Darnold dealt with it very well. But uh, I see Zach Wilson going to the Jets. That's where all the signs uh, point to. And this one is hard for me. Trey Lance and Mac Jones and Justin Fields, like, I really don't know. Uh, I really don't because – Everybody says the Niners traded up for number three for him because he gives uh, Kirk Cousins and Matt Ryan vibes, which Kyle Shanahan coached at Washington and in Atlanta. But 
I think they might be throwing a smoke screen. So, you know, I, I really feel like they might go with one of the other quarterbacks. I don't know why, but I'm going to just go with my take. Hey, I was about to say, you yeah. said one of the – nah, your take, my fault. I, was about to say, I thought you were about to say one of the other quarterbacks that's not on the board right now. No, 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 no. no. Uh, Justin Fields, i like to see him in Carolina. It, they've made it clear that they're not really happy with Teddy Bridgewater. He's a game manager, and I think we all knew that. I was surprised when they gave him 20 mil to start off, but mm-hmm. uh, Matt Rule's not very – Happy with Teddy Bridgewater. He's all in. I like him as a coach, actually. I, I feel like Carolina's headed in the right direction with him and Tepper. For sure. So I think they'll pick their, their quarterback for the future. Their little baby Cam, basically. Uh, he used to play for Cam 7 on 17, built like Cam. Not mm-hmm. as, not not exactly built like Cam, but built like Cam. Mm-hmm. Uh, can do all the things you need to do. Uh, he's, a, he's a playmaker. And I feel like with um, those weapons and uh, Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore, that he'll He'll have fun right away. And Matt Rule's a very underrated offensive mind. Uh, like, even though Curtis Samuel left, he had his best year under Matt Rule, so he can get his playmakers the ball. And I feel like he'll set Justin Fields for the set Justin Fields up for success. Mm-hmm. Trey Lance, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go 49ers, man. I I want I don't want Justin Fields to get picked after any of these guys besides Trevor Lawrence, but I feel like they're high on him. His pro day was very well. And Kyle Shanahan likes a guy that can move in the pocket in that West Coast system. I think Trey Lance can uh, you know. I think that might be the best situation for him because he'll be able to sit behind Jimmy G for a year or two, which is a capable starter in the league. He'll be able to learn, get a lot of mental reps, and uh, be ready to go. Yeah. You don't think they make that trade? I guess you know, the news today was they're looking for a first-round pick for uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, man. Let's not even entertain something yeah. like that. <laughs> I, I, I love to hear the GM was going to give a first-round pick. I don't care if it's 32 for Jimmy G. Uh you know, Jimmy G, I'm not Jimmy G does not suck. Let's not let's not go there. He's a decent he's an average to decent NFL quarterback, but you know, availability is the best thing, and that just hasn't been available. So uh, I don't see any team giving up a first round pick. No. <laughs> Even though he's one of the cheaper quarterbacks. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm gonna go there and uh Mac Jones. I mean, if the 49ers don't take him, I I have him going to the Patriots. Uh I know a lot of people aren't high on him, but you know, he kind of looks like Brady, he's very humble. Uh He's, he's he would fit in Belichick way. He's very coachable. Duty has to do. Uh, even though I think he's one of the most pro ready quarterbacks, him sitting behind Cam for a year or two, getting a lot of mental reps on the scout team. Uh, you know, Belichick, he's a mastermind. So him sitting down with him in the film room, I'm pretty sure that whoever his guy is, he's going to sit down in the film room just like he did with Brady and, you know, drill him, get him right. So when they're out there, they can strive. So I'm going to go with Mac Jones to the Patriots. But I don't know, man. This I don't know what these GMs are thinking. Um, I don't know what the Jets are thinking. You know, the Jets want a quarterback, but I don't think they should take one. They should trade back and get assets. But yeah. those are my five destinations, these guys. But everything will change. I already know I'm gonna have some of these wrong on draft day because I do. I'm not in the. Uh, I'm not in the war room with these guys. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna. I mean, it's tough to kind of figure out where anybody's doing anymore anyway. Um, so that that trade kind of threw a, a wrench in everything. But I think it it made my Falcons a very interesting fourth. You know, fourth selection. Like I have no clue where they're going now. A lot of people saying yeah, we definitely gonna get into that. Yeah, I so like we, that. Yeah, I I like it too. That's what I said. But you know, everybody's still like, you know, Trevor, not Trevor. Yeah, I gotta, hold on, real quick, though, I gotta stop people from scoring points. So I don't think the thing is, it don't matter. It like whoever we get, we're not gonna get no defensive player with the fourth pick that's gonna help any help us stop anybody from scoring. Honestly, that's what I'm saying. The only thing we really, the only smart thing that we can do is, you know trade back but somehow trade back to where we're maybe still gathering maybe at least two picks that's kind of high but also able to maybe snag Kyle Pitts because like 
even if we trade back get justin fields but you know get an extra yeah you know what i'm saying but get an extra pick it really don't matter like that like it just doesn't matter, honestly. Like, I think the best scenario for them is either keep that fourth pick or, like you say, maybe they trade back to, like, a six or something like that, Um, you know, even though I, I doubt. A quarterback needy team? Would you yeah, guys like, try to trade with a quarterback? Yeah, but it's like, what what team is truly quarterback needy at the moment? Like, that hasn't either. I think the Panthers, I, the Panthers. I don't think y'all would trade with a division rival. Like, rival, y'all not yeah. trying to help them get any better. So, I, exactly. it's a talk to but Kyle Pitts and Arthur Smith's offense would be crazy because yeah. I saw him in Tennessee what he did with John U. Smith, Smith and yep. Kyle Pitts is Kyle Pitts is different. So and we still got Hayden Hurst. Hayden Hurst is solid too. So it's like a two. Yeah, yeah, no, no, tight end set with like a solid back, like a solid one two, a solid one two punch. Like more than likely we're gonna have to draft a, a running back. Hopefully it's either Harris or Ntn. Hopefully pray to God when we follow to us in the second round. But even if not Williams out of North Carolina, like him, Mike Davis, um. Now, I don't even know who the change it back with. I guess we'll, we still have um, Ito on the roster. I guess, you know, the catch passing back. Um, but, you know, just a one-two punch kind of everywhere, at receiver, at tight end, at running back. That would be interesting to see. But overall, I don't know. It, I, don't, I have no clue what they're doing. But I know the, the ball is pretty much in their court for what they can do now that this trade has been made. But, you know, I don't know. It would be weird for San Francisco to, to, to take Mac Jones. But, like I said, I think that opens the door even more than it would for than, than our pick will. Oh no! I think you know. Like I said I leave the quarterback guru stuff to you. I think you're you're definitely spot on with all their analysis. But um, you know where they fall to. You know, hopefully you're right. Hopefully, you know, we can say we, we can get some break, breaking news. Pretty much, you know, like I said, you'll, yeah. we'll, we'll we'll throw this out there somewhere on some network, and we're like, all right, yeah, that bell said it first. This is where all the guys is gonna go. And they really quick though, up. really quick though. What do you think with San Fran? Like, I think them trading up to three either says they know something that the Jets are going to do or mm-hmm. they literally have their guy. Like, they they have their three quarterbacks that they'd like, hoping they're going to fall. We know Lawrence isn't going to fall, but okay. I think them trading up to three, like, it hasn't came out, but they know who they're taking with number yeah. three. More than likely. I, I, I it, it has to because – And it better said, pan out too, man. Yeah, yeah. that's what I say because they, they gave up a, a good amount. But – and they still, I guess, they got Jimmy on the on the – on the roster, like I said, they're looking to get him out to, to get a first rounder, but more than likely that's not happening. So, like you just said, I think they know who they want to take. They probably know two guys they want to take, and they're they're they for sure know that one of them will fall to them. You know, with that third spot secured, it's just you know which quarterback is it? Because I think it definitely got to be a quarterback. Because who else do you trade up for? To, like, no, you don't. Yeah. You don't give away two yeah. first round picks in the next two years. Two for, years uh, for for nobody else. Quarterback. Yeah. Like yeah, like Sewell's a dog, but I don't think he like that like that. So it, it's got to be one of these guys, and more than likely, it's probably it's either Justin. Maybe they think that we're gonna drive Justin, and they get third spot. They got the third, you know, pick to get him, or you know, wild card Mac Jones, or like I said, that if Sewell goes, they get Zach Wilson. You know, they 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 just know it's one of these quarterbacks, and more than like I think my money's gonna be on either Justin or, or Zach if you know the Jets don't take. Um, Take that. So, yeah, man, this this uh, draft day is going to be very interesting. This might be the first year where I watch all thirty two picks. Like I'll be, you know, turn here and there, but this year I'm tuned in for prob- probably all thirty two picks. Yeah, the, the whole way. Yeah, I, I'm same here. Like I said, well, both of us got to be. We're in the top five picks. Crazy. <laughs> but like I said, we'll, we'll hit on NFL a little bit in, in, in a few minutes. Definitely want to touch on some basketball. Um, trade deadline. These are the most notable guys, I guess, that kind of switch teams. Um. Your whole Magic Squad pretty much 
got dismantled. I don't even know who what like like Terrence Ross is the only one I guess that survived. <laughs> um yeah, and you know, a few bench guys, obviously, you know, your rookie, um, Anthony and everything. So just kind of what do you think about the trade deadline? Um, I know the one that's panning out, it looks like it's panning out the most, is probably the Heat one in, in Denver. I don't think they've lost with Aaron Gordon on their roster yet. Um, but kind of what do you think about the trades, trade deadline in general this year? And then, um, you know, which guy, I guess, pictured or not pictured, do you think is going to make the best uh, impact for the team? We talk about buyouts as well, you know, Marcus Aldridge and Blake Griffin. Both are, um, you know, with the Nets. Drummond played his first game, hurt his toe, I think tore off his tornail with the with the Lakers. Um, but yeah, which uh, which addition do you think would be best for the team? Uh, first off, uh, you know, I like all the moves. For first off, I'm gonna go with the, my team, the Magic. Uh, we we did what we had to do. I feel like I feel like we should have got more for Vucevic, but us, you know, making making the AC getting bounced in the first round every year, not getting a lottery pick wasn't helping us. We weren't going anywhere. We need that franchise alternate player, and uh, we feel like I guess you know we had to make a move. I'm not too mad at it. You know, I feel like we should have got got more, but we weren't going anywhere, so. Us, you know, giving these guys up and going with the young guys, I feel like was the best bet. But shout out to Vucevic. Hopefully he does well in Chicago, which I think he will. And like you said, Aaron Gordon, since he's, he's I think he's fitting in very, very well. Like I actually watched a couple mm-hmm. of times. So uh, shout out to the Magic for that. Um, Aaron Gordon, hopefully he lands on his feet and continues to fit in well with that squad because they're, they're pretty dangerous. Uh, Victor Oladipo, uh, I like that move in Miami. The Rockets got finessed. Because <laughs> they, they should have got a little more. I know he wanted out. Like, I don't know where he's going to be happy at because it yeah. seems like everywhere he goes, he doesn't want to be there. But I know Miami was one of his spots because of D Wade and Jimmy Butler. But uh, I think he'll fit in well. You know, he'll make them more of a contender. You know, they won't be a contender this year, but he'll, you know, help to make them. Um, Lou Will and the Rondo swap. I like that. Uh, Lou Will going back to the city. Rondo, sadly, even though I'm a LeBron fan, uh, going to the the rival, the Clippers, giving them that pass first point guard that they needed that can run the show. Uh, so good. I think the Clippers won this deal. You know, Lou Will, he was a very good scorer, but mm-hmm. they needed that. They needed that facilitator on the team. Pat Bev is a defensive guy, but he's not gonna. He's not. He's not a point guard. Yeah, point guard. So uh, they got their guy in Rondo. So all these moves right here are pretty solid. Uh, I like. You know, the Hawks. They're playing quality ball. Um, I know Lou Will didn't want to get traded. He was talking about retiring, but you see. Yeah. Uh, since he ended up being home, this was the best spot for him. Glad to see him not returning to give it, you know, at least another year or two. But overall, nice, nice moves for each team. I don't think any team really, besides the Rockets, lost. Uh, the Rockets, what they get back? Kelly Olynyk. Kelly Olynyk. I feel like Avery Bradley. Did they get yeah, Avery Bradley and something yeah. else? Nothing like not enough. Victor Olynyk. Crazy, is yeah. Because Avery Bradley been hurt all year. Yeah. And Kelly oh. Olynyk, nah, he's just an energy guy. Uh, yeah, but they got finesse. But shout out to Victor. Hopefully, he enjoys yeah. himself in South Beach. If you don't, if you can't enjoy yourself in South Beach, I don't know where, you <laughs> where can you go. Yeah, exactly. If you, if you can't enjoy yourself in South Beach, where 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 can you go? Honestly, but uh, as long as he stay healthy, I think that was a solid trade for them. Um, even I don't know the Den- the Aaron Gordon one to Denver was a little weird. Like I don't know. It seems like they're kind of like the same team. I guess they maybe trying to uh like trying to replace what maybe Jeremy and Grant gave him. I don't really know. Uh, like, it, but I mean, it's working out so far for them. Like, I guess there's no complaints really. Like they've won all what three or four games. He's, he's been there with them. Vucevic does make that Bulls team a lot better and a lot scarier. Not this year more than likely, but probably next year, hopefully when they're healthy and maybe probably secure another lottery pick person. They have some players though. Yeah. They, they definitely got some players. And if you had a, a 
especially the lottery is going to be hella deep this year. Yeah, one of those guys, it, it'll definitely be a solid team for, for the future. Um, definitely glad Lou Will didn't retire. I'm, I'd have been a little upset. I'm like, I understand you said you was going to retire the next time you got traded and you wanted to finish out a Clipper, but, you know, you come back home, like, it can't be that, that bad. Maybe that's probably why they made the move, too. They're like, all right, if they do, if he does go here, like, maybe he, he won't retire. Like, he's going home. Um, but it, it was a nice swap for both teams. I think it helps both teams for sure. Like with us, it kind of helps that second unit unit with scoring because there is a lot of times that we go cold and they're playing right now and pretty much all of our starters are out besides Clint. So I'm pretty sure Lou may be getting a good amount of minutes. So hopefully he's getting some buckets, but that helps us because, you know, we have a lot of guys that's injured um, typically and sometimes we struggle to score in the second unit. Um, so he, that's, you know, pretty much certified points off the bench. Like you said, with the Clippers, they needed a point guard that can run the show, that can facilitate because you can't always have Kawhi doing it. Paul George can't really do it. Pat Bev's not doing it. So, and Reggie Jackson's like, it's like, you know, kind of up and down. So um, definitely something that they needed, especially for their playoff run. We already know what, what, what Rondo's about when the playoff time comes, but definitely, yeah, you know, Sucks to see him playing for the, you know, the, the not team across the street, but, you know, the team in the building across, you know, the hallway, I the guess. in the basement. Yeah, basically, yeah. I, it it kind of sucks to see him playing, you know, you know for that other team, especially after you just saw him play with the purple and gold. But, you know, he's going to be solid wherever he goes. But I think all the moves that everybody made, you know, kind of helps each team in their own little way. The, um you know, the buyouts with the Nets, uh you know, securing Blake and, and LaMarcus Aldridge, you know, I guess that's the, the the next thing we talk about before we uh kind of move on to the NFL. But you know, what do you think about these guys wanting to go and play in Brooklyn instead of maybe going to the Lakers or you maybe Utah or basically another team that's already contending or is you know in prime spot to contend this year? Why do you think they all decide to go to Brooklyn? You know, I think it's pretty pretty weak. Uh, you know, the non-LeBron people are always gonna say, "Oh, LeBron did the same stuff." But I mean, it's not as bad because if this was 2013 with like Blake and Aldridge, it'd be it'd be a wrap. There'd be no, <laughs> there'd be no discussion. Yeah. Aldridge, like his his years in San uh, in Portland and his early years in San Antonio, he was like a 23 and nine guy, like a mid range mm-hmm. guy for real. Uh, but I don't, you know, I don't like it. I know they're trying to get a ring. You know, I can't blame them. You know, for your resume to be qualified, people always got, they always look for that ring. You know? It's not much to say about it. I don't. I don't like the move that they chose to go there. I wish they would have maybe looked, joined LeBron, or went somewhere else. But you know, it is what it is. They're trying to get a ring and trying to stack the deck. There's no way around it. They wouldn't have gone there for any other reasons. Like if the Nets didn't have KD or Harden, I don't think they would have went. Yeah, KD's doing a lot of recruiting, but it's pretty weak. It's pretty weak uh, doing all this to um try to try to dethrone uh, my guy LeBron, but. It's all good. It's all good, man. Yeah. And uh, the other one, Andre Drummond, I like to pick up for the Lakers. Um, he's a double double machine. I don't, I don't know if I have my stats right. I didn't really look it up, but I think he's led the league in rebounds a couple of times. So mm-hmm. uh, a true five, because you know, AD doesn't like to play the five. So when he comes yeah. back, that would, that would definitely help out. Uh, yeah, it makes him a little bit bigger again. Yeah, I like that move because Marcus Gasol, man. Um, I don't know why we signed him in the first place. Like maybe <laughs> 2013. He he's old. Like he already couldn't move. And if he's not scoring on offense, there's really nothing he needs to be out there for. Because exactly. we all know he's a defensive liability now. Even though back in his day, you know, he was defensive player of the year, all that, even though he mm-hmm. stole one from LeBron. But <laughs> he uh he's just unplayable, honestly. Like, and you see as soon as they signed Drummond, he went straight to the bench. So yeah. I, I like the move for the Lakers, but 
I'm mad at uh, Blake and Aldridge for going there. They could have went anywhere else. But, you know, they're getting older in their careers. They're not getting any younger. They're not the same guys they were. So it's time to to get a ring. They have all the accolades they need, you know. Yeah, I think uh, maybe Gustav will be good come playoff time. But, yeah, it's a – it was just interesting to see, and shout out to the Hoopers this morning. I uh, watched and, and listened to what they were saying, but you know you can't be mad. These guys wanted to kind of you know to to go to certain squads to win when you know that's well you know all these analysts and you know fans and other people be talking about it's like you know they never won a ring. They they can't win one or whatever the case may be. Like you just say it's a nice little addition to the resume. But I guess what's interesting to me, um, I guess it's just like how they all kind of like we we know. Um, you know, I guess like how it is, but at the same time, like right when they got to the Nets, it's like Lamarcus Aldridge been hurt all year. <laughs> like he yeah. got to the Nets and started last night or two nights ago, whenever he got there, he, he started like their first game. So, um, and even with Blake, we we see him, you know, doing what he was doing right when he got there as well. But you know, in Detroit was you know in and out of the lineup, hurt. Um, was that he couldn't dunk whatever no more, which was dumb in the first <laughs> place. Good. But yeah, that's what I'm saying, it was dumb in the first place. But just you know. Just the way it's all happening. All in all, you know, it, it's, you know, I guess now they're the favorites in the East, but they're not going to win anything without KD. Just like Fresh said this morning on the Hoopers run, like, you know, KD is that missing piece. Like, I, I don't really see them. I don't see them personally getting over the hump with, you know, everybody that they got and, and have added, even with the Harden and, and Kyrie without Kevin Durant. Like, I don't, I don't know what, I forgot what his specific injury he has, but, you know, he's been out for a minute, like a good 20 22 games like he's, he's been sitting out like for a while so i don't know if you know they're saving up saving him up for the playoffs or if it's really just a nagging injury that to where he can't come back but you know overall basketball is like a rhythm game i know with such a lethal score in kd it won't take him many games to get his feet back wet but you know you just can't come in like you know send the whole rest of the season and then playoff time just come ready to go like he's gonna be a little rusty but yeah. all in all, like I don't think they're gonna win anything without him. But you know, everybody gotta still suit up. Everybody still gotta play the rest of these games. Seeding's still, you know, heavily involved. You know, the 76ers are right there. They've been, you know, pretty much at the top of the East all year. Um, and only like a half game back, I think, now. So, you know, they still gotta play, they still gotta, you know, suit up, you know, they got the names, but you know, can they finish the job? All in all, though, you know, I don't know. I don't if KD comes back, I do think they 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 may win the title this year, but if not, I think it's you know wraps for them. They might not even get out of the Hopefully they don't. Uh, I need LeBron to get one because yeah, he's he, getting older. Uh, yeah, I, I need him to get one. But the yeah. Nets are dangerous, man. They got all these guys. They got snipers. Every they got three guys that can go for what forty or fifty any mm-hmm. night. Joe Harris. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty bad. They can put yeah. up some points. So. Yeah, for sure. And Aldridge, even though he's older, he can't move that mid range. He don't need to. You know, he don't lift off the ground like that when he shoots. His game yeah. is not above the rim. Stuff like that. So yeah. It's, it's looking rough. It's going to be a struggle for LeBron, but it's interesting to see who comes out. And I don't even want to count the Clippers out. Let me stop doing that. Yeah, because, I mean, we don't, know how healthy, we don't know how healthy LeBron and AD are going to be, so it's yeah. all the talk. Yeah, and they're going to have to – you know, I know playoff – seeding may not matter that that much, but, you know, it, it, they're in a gauntlet in the West, and they mm-hmm. went for, what, like two or three. Now they're, like, at maybe fifth or sixth right now. Like, Yeah, know. but for them, I don't think seeding matters. That's all I'm saying, but – at the same time, it may depend on who you match up with. Like, you know, maybe it's even working out in their favor, you know, that they, they're falling down. Um, 
stands a little bit. You know, they don't really have that home court, but you know what's really home court in COVID nowadays. Even though they did just announce that they're gonna let fans back in the building, I believe in Staples Center in April. So that's a good thing for the people out in Los Angeles. Like they're just making rash changes now. Like they're letting people go to concerts, doing all this different stuff when they was on like real deal lockdown. Like they was probably one of the more strict state, um, you know, in the United States, uh, you know, with this COVID thing going on. But um, yeah, man, all in all, I guess to put a bow on this segment, NBA season's still up for grabs. Everybody still got to play the games. It'll definitely be interesting to see who comes out of both sides. But, you know, hopefully everyone's healthy and we're having, you know, a great playoffs when those, when those times come. So um, next we'll hit on, you know, the NFL, a few different news, a few different things, um, pieces of news coming out of the NFL. The first thing is that they've now moved to a 17-game season. Um, just quick thoughts on that. Um if any at all, like, you know, I think it was just one more game. They've been been talking about it, been adding it, been a talk to add it, you know. Um, you know, last year they made the addition of another wild card team. You know, this year now they got 17 games. So it's like just addition after addition each year in the NFL. But what do you think about this, uh, I guess, new 17 games that they you know, now incorporate? For me as a fan, I like it. You know, an extra game, uh, one less preseason game because I hate the preseason. I hate watching it. Uh you know, some players don't like it because, you know, it already takes a toll on the body. 16 games is a lot for an NFL player, but more money for the league and more money for the players. So I, I don't I don't see the big problem, but, you know, it's uh, some players feel different about it. Not, not much, though. Uh, glad to see another NFL game, another another Sunday to watch football, which is good with me. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same here. I know with uh, with the addition, though, now our two squads will meet. I don't know if it's yeah, a London game or not, but. That's the extra game that, that we're going to have. And I forgot to look up the stats. I read an article on it somewhere. But basically with the addition of the 17 game, a lot of teams' um, playoff um, playoff percentages um, basically to make the playoffs either went up or down. I know ours went up a little bit. Uh, I don't know if that's telling of what the Jaguars are expected to do or what we're expected to do. But, you know, I, I, I'll take a two-percentage bump in possibly making the playoffs there. Um, I forgot the other teams that got a, a bump. But I know a few that I think that um, – took a decrease or took a hit. I think the Eagles may have, the Rams were for sure one. I think the Eagles may have been one and I forgot that, but it definitely, it was an NFC team, but all in all, like you just said, you know, you know, more, more revenue for, you know, the players, teams, um, an extra game. I know it's already like 16 games is already taking a toll on their body, but definitely helps. Like I said, with, with my team, at least coming into this year, and especially if they're keeping the extra wild card, just playoff percentages and chances even more. So, Definitely just more football, extra Sunday wouldn't hurt. You know, I know NFL fans are going to be happy about it. And um, so just an extra opportunity to either see a game, go to a game. And for the London people, they now have another game. You know, our Hawks, my Hawks, sorry. My Falcons going over there and playing. I don't know what to say. I don't know if it's the Jaguars. It might be more likely. Yeah, it's either going to be there or either going to be y'all or Detroit because we always play in Detroit and London for some reason. So more than likely it's going to be one of those two games. But, you know, all in all, uh, Shout out for the NFL, I guess, for getting this done and for the players for figuring on it. Um, what was the other thing I wanted to hit on with the NFL? What just happened? I can't even think of it. In the NFL? Besides yeah. The I think it was, yeah, it was the trades. I'm having a brain fart. I don't think anything Me too. really crazy happened. Yeah. It was something, though. I can't even think of it. Because it was part of it. It was supposed to be for us, something or nothing. Overall, yeah, I, we'll move on. I don't, even, I don't think it was anything else. Um, But just, to, I guess, to segue now into something or nothing. Oh yeah, no, we can we can go to that. I I just looked at it what it was. Uh, NFL expecting to have full stadiums here. Oh yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, I forgot. It just happened. I think they just announced that today. 
Yeah, uh, I'm going to just go real quick on that. I don't agree with that. Full stadiums, 50% maybe, but let's ease into it. Let's not just, you know, full stadiums. But, you know, more and more people each day are getting the vaccine, so that's a yeah. good thing. But I actually got the first shot today. Yeah, let, let's let's slow it down just a little bit. Like, mm -hmm. let's not rush into it. Like, you know, we got forever to get this thing back right and to have it full stadiums. You know, that's the plan probably by the end of the season, but let's just take it slow because we don't yeah. want to rush into it and have another big breakout. And you know what the games, I wouldn't I don't think I'm gonna go until you know this stuff is resolved. I don't think I'm gonna go to a game because it'd be tempting to take my mask off. Like, yeah. And in the same spot like that for three or four hours. So exactly. But yeah, I don't I don't agree with it. But 50% is I, I can't wait to see uh fans back in the stadiums because you know some teams allowed it, some didn't and some games just seem dead and that little fake mm -hmm. crowd noise it didn't it's not it's not the same. Yeah. And some I know the teams, players are off the fans too. So oh yeah, for sure, for sure. I was about to say some some teams and stadiums that look like they was going way over capacity than what was supposed to be allowed. Jerry Jones. Yep, Jerry Jones. Saints you know, too. I ain't gonna flex. You know, really care about the bread, so yeah. I was like, but for sure the Dallas stadium looked packed every time they was on TV. I was like, that's not whatever percent, 15% or 10 whatever is the percentage was supposed to be. But yeah, um, I don't know. Like I said, I actually got the vaccine today. My arm a little sore, but and I'm actually supposed to be going to a Hawks game on, on Wednesday. But like you just said with the mask, hopefully, I know we gotta have one going on going in. Hopefully, I'm able to because they should still have like spacing or like yeah. I think it's still limited tickets. It's supposed to yeah, to where I'm not you know close to nobody. Maybe I'm able to take it off. But like you just said, definitely should be easy into it. This is something for sure because like I guess if they're expected to have full stadiums the first very first game of the year. You know, that's in if they're you know still on track to start in August, um, what I guess we're preseason, but you know, September, that's not too too far away. So April, May, June, July, August, that's like five months, a little less than five months. And of course, yeah, there's a lot of people getting the vaccine each and every day, but you know, I don't think everybody in the country or the world or whatever is gonna have the vaccine, you know, within that time frame. So definitely should should, you know, ease our way back into it. We can't just, you know, everybody or some people get the vaccine and then just boom back to regular life. That's not how diseases and, and germs and you know breakouts and stuff work so like i said definitely something i feel like they should they slow their role maybe they should give you know the teams the you know the ordinance or basically to to figure out whether they want to have full stadiums or, you know a percentage um that comes in or percentage of tickets that they want to sell or whatever the case may be pretty sure they will but you know all in all just gotta be more cautious we can't just be like oh yeah full-blown stadiums so Next thing is still on COVID related issues. You know, my Mets game got canceled yesterday. Washington Nationals, I think, had three positive COVID tests before, you know, yesterday was opening day, you know, before opening day could even happen for us or the Nationals. Um, you know, there's already COVID in baseball. So something or nothing. Um, it's something I think because baseball, I don't know what the I you know, I watch the Braves, but I don't I don't read into the protocols how they're making everything work, but it just seems like a regular season to me. Like guys are going home to their their cribs, their families. Uh, there's fans in attendance this year, so I feel like it's just a little more risky. You know, like for the playoffs, they did a bubble. Mm -hmm. uh, like for the NLCS, they played at the Ranger Stadium. But yeah, I just feel like everything being free. You know, them not being in a bubble. But I mean, it's hard to be in a bubble for 162 games. But it's just a little. I don't know. I'm a little scared. I feel like a lot of games are gonna get canceled there because you know, 162 games. That's a long season. Guys are guys are human. Like. <laughs> They can't it's it's gonna be hard for them to stay disciplined the entire time, not go out, you know, not not take your mask off, not put hand sanitizer on. You might slip up. So yeah. I feel like it's something just because there's gonna be a lot more serious getting postponed. Like uh, but 
you know, I hope for the best. I hope they can keep this thing under control. But it's just not a good start to have the, one of the first – your first series of the year being completely canceled. Like, the Mets don't play again until they play the Yankees, right? Or I think we might play Monday. I forgot who they're supposed to play. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, unless that got canceled. Yeah, it was, it was rough. Within. It's rough, man. It would have been, yeah. been a nice game. Uh, you Both teams have some interesting prospects, young prospects. Yeah. You know, so. yeah. It's supposed to be a pretty – uh. A, a pretty heavy, um, heavy NL NL East, um, this year, pretty much, you know, buying sure, the top man. spot. It's gonna be, it's gonna be competitive for sure. But yeah, I think it's something just because baseball didn't really have no COVID that great last year either. Like they had a, a good amount of positive tests, um, a lot of moving around. Like they had to change a lot of different things for the very first game, you know, for certain series to have to, you know, cancel because there's. Obviously, we know that COVID isn't just going to go away, but, you know, it's the same issue a whole almost a whole year later. Um, like I said, they didn't handle it that great last year. So I definitely think it's something. Hopefully it's something just for the time being. It's not something that continues on into the, you know, the, the whole season, because like we've seen, you know, even March Madness, you know, with the NCAA making a bubble in Indianapolis, they've done a great job of, you know, testing it and getting it, having everybody healthy and be able to put on these games and events. Um, even the NFL did. You know, even it was shaky here and there, but they did a decent job of, you know, even getting through the season. And the NBA has done a phenomenal job, even dating back to last year with the Bulls. So just hoping, you know, baseball is able to fall in all of these different league steps and not have this be a, a problem and an issue for in a second year in a row. Because, like I said, all these, you know, other organizations and, and leagues have been able to to handle it. So I believe, you know, MLB and baseball should be able to do the same. Something for now, but hopefully it's nothing, you know, by next week and they're able to keep everything um And then lastly, for our something or nothing, um, I know it's pretty small for people to see, but we got uh some DMs that Katie, um, I think his Twitter or Instagram name is uh, Easy Sniper 35 or something like that, sent to Michael Rappaport. Uh kind of an actor, kind of a reporter. Um, but he sent a lot of choice words to him. I'm pretty sure people have seen and read it. I won't read it. Um, but some of them are, are definitely, definitely hilarious to read. Um, and it's easy money sniper on it's my fault. But just uh something or nothing. And what did you think uh think about this when you when you saw this new that uh it's a little bit of both. I don't think it's anything like you know yeah I forgot he was fined fifty thousand dollars for it today. Yeah. Um you know that's pretty mm-hmm. much chump change for for Katie but all in yeah. all, wow, what do you think? But I'd say I don't know, man. It, it's a little bit of both. Like it's nothing, you know. It's two guys. It's two guys talking mess to each other. They used to be friends. Uh, we all know that Katie's very thin skins. You know, he finally snapped. Michael Rappaport is a funny dude, and this is what he does. Like mm-hmm. you shouldn't even take him seriously. The fact that he DM'd him though, like, and he released the messages was kind of weak to me. So mm-hmm. it's something because you know. Some of the fans look up to Katie. This is not a good look for him. You know, the yeah. little kid, even though we all know people use foul language like this. Every person does. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you just got to keep it under wraps. But the fact that it got out is something, you know, their entire message Michael Rappaport showed. Uh, it wasn't a good look for Katie, uh, his character and stuff like that. And some of the stuff he said was funny, but foul at the same time. Mm-hmm. He brought his wife into it. Yeah. He called him a pale something that I can't say. Uh <laughs> It, it was funny to read, but it's something, you know, mess up Katie's image a little bit. Their relationship is completely tarnished because I know they were cool a little bit before mm-hmm. this. Uh, but it's a little bit of both. I, I don't have an answer. It's something and nothing. Like, it's, you know, the beef is squashed. I know they're not going to be cool anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, they're cordial. Like, they might. It's nothing too crazy. You know, it just shouldn't have got out. If it wouldn't have got out, I would have said it's nothing. Yeah. Maybe a yeah. snippet of it, but not the entire thread. Like, yeah, Katie was, Katie was going in. <laughs> yeah, obviously, he posted multiple picture thread. Um, but yeah, I mean, 
just a little bit of something to his like I said, pocket, but you know, fifty thousand dollars to KD ain't, ain't too much anyway. But you know, it's just like you just said, just weird, a little weak that you know it got put out. You know, like like you just said, if they were cool at a point, even if they're not cool anymore, it's like still all right. Like ain't no point of leakings or putting it out. Like I said, that is kind of weak on weak on your part, uh, Rappaport. But you know. All in all, like you just said, probably it's probably nothing. Like, you know, he we paid the fine, he apologized, you know, maybe put a tarnish to his image a little bit to maybe some parents of kids that may look up to him. But, you know, all in all, like you just said, us older people or, or more grown people know that, you know, language like this is probably used every day, even though it is foul, it was funny. But Very you know, funny. It, it is what it is. Like I said, I, I, I've been reading reading over them throughout the day. But like you said, all in all, it is what it is, whether they're cool or not. You know, it, it's... I guess bygones are gonna be bygones, whether they're cool. Well, I don't know if it's cool to bring up anybody's wife in an argument like this, but maybe that's the reason why he leaked it. I'm not too sure, but you know. yeah, he crossed the line with that. Yeah, that that might have been the one. He's like, all right, yeah, I gotta say, it. but I ain't like the way that he outed him either. The way he said it, he's like, I get you know threats and DMs every day, but never would I have ever thought that I'd get one from KD, and then put out the pictures. I'm like, shut up. Like, no, nah, but yeah, that's man, what... hey, great, great laugh, great yeah. laugh. Yes, sir. And yes, if sir. you haven't, go read that. <laughs> And then our, I guess this was the last one I meant to say, um, just because it, it hits close to home for one of us. Uh, George Kittle played a little April Fool's joke on us yesterday, um, posting himself in a, in a Jaguars uniform, saying, Duvall, here I come. Um, that, I guess, I don't know if it's not really, obviously it's nothing because it was April Fool's joke and we saw um, John Lynch quoting and everything. But what did you uh, see, what did you think um, about this when you, when you first saw it? Oh, uh, like you said, it's nothing. I didn't think anything of it. If anybody watches the 49ers and knows George Kittle, he's like, he's a big kid. He's very joyful. He plays around. He's a troll, all that. And, you know, out of anybody on the 49ers, I'm not surprised that it was him. Uh, <laughs> but, like, I didn't even get excited. I wasn't even going to work myself up. Yeah. Like, I know, he, like, where's, if I didn't see anything from Schefter or uh, Rappaport, I wasn't believing it. Like, I know he might be the source, but it's nothing. They wouldn't trade him. He's their best offensive player, maybe. I don't know if you count Trent Williams, but he's their best offensive player. They're a young playmaker. Uh, uh, like, I didn't buy into it. But if, you know, like I said before the show, man, we'll send pick 25. We'll take him. Pick, y'all, we'll give y'all pick 25 and maybe maybe a first. I don't think he's worth two firsts. I don't know. Dang. I we'll throw y'all a little you, can, you, can, you can send him our way because we do need some tight ends. Don't mind there with Trevor Lawrence. It'll get nasty. I wish it would happen, but it's not going to happen. And you well, see him and John Lewis, a little fun. Yeah. I think they both made it on it. What if it was something crazy like George Kittle and Garoppolo for the first pick? I might be picking a new team, bro. <laughs> like, like they don't sound enticing. No, with the, no, with the addition of uh, he stays hurt. Yeah, I'm good on that. We need to. We're starting fresh with the young gun. Um, we've literally never had a franchise quarterback. Our best quarterback in franchise history is probably Mark Brunel, and that was like before my time. I was like two years old. They had their little run in AFC Championship and stuff like that. Right, so besides him and David Garrard, we've never had a quarterback that I felt like comfortable with. So Byron Leftwich. No, 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 no. We uh, <laughs> we've been we released him for Garrard. I like Garrard over uh, Leftwich, yeah. and he Garrard took Garrard to the playoffs multiple times. Yeah, we finally got our guy, our the guy that's going to change our franchise, make us relevant. You know, with Trevor Lawrence, we're going to be a little relevant, even though we not, we're not going to win immediately. But hopefully, he can bring a championship or two to the city and change lives. So we need to. We would never give that up. I don't think – I honestly don't even think a team picked up the phone and called us asking, like, what we <laughs> Chad Khan, um, I forgot our new GM's name that we just hired, like, a couple months ago, Urban. Like, you saw Urban come out saying mm. this is the direction we're heading. Like, 
it's not we don't need a planning game. So that's yeah. Let's, we get our guy. We like we're in the perfect position. We didn't fumble the bag like the Jets. Let's roll with. It. Let's go. <laughs> yes, sir. I see y'all are definitely in prime position. Hopefully y'all don't mess it up. And then lastly, we're gonna do our little, you know last little shout out. I'll go first, um, just because my picture's first. But you know our next segment and last segment, I want to give a shout out. So of course everybody knows I'm a UNC fan, basketball, uh, UNC college basketball fan. Um, families from North Carolina. I uh, was born in North Carolina. Definitely a Tar Heel through and through. Um, our coach yesterday retired. A uh, few people thought it may be you know, April Fool's joke. Some of the players and other reporters confirmed it wasn't. Um, unfortunately, you know, Roy Williams is hanging it up, walking away from the game. Um, I didn't really see it coming, um, but I just got off a show with Coach. Shout out uh, Couch Coach Live and uh, yes, and Green. Um, you know, he, he uh, works uh, with Asheville ESPN and um, does a lot of close work um, and knows Roy Williams as well. Talked with them. And he, he said, you know, it kind of – made sense the more and more you thought about it and digested it. I already knew Roy Williams wasn't really like one of those one of the one and done coaches. That's more so, you know, Duke, um, you know, Shasesi and uh, you know, John okay. Calipari. Yeah, like Kentucky and Duke are kind of like those those, you know, and even Kansas to an extent is kind of like those one and one done one and done schools. Um Roy Williams just never really seemed like that type of guy, that type of coach. I don't even think he really recruited like to get one and done type players, but that, you know, that's just more so what the college basketball is moving to nowadays. Um, the kids kind of want to, unfortunately for them, they got to, you know, either choose, I guess now they got G league, but you know, got to go to college for that one year and then want to want out and then go to, uh, you know, the NBA, whatever the case may be um, along with the transfer portal. I don't think he liked the, the ease of, you know, just wanting to, to, to be, get out. Um, you know, of a situation and, and end up somewhere else in uh, next year, which, you know, you know, that's, you know, teach their own, you know, but I think those are the two things that kind of like the writing on the wall, along with you know, the last two years, they weren't the greatest of years. Um, you know, Cole Anthony was hurt a lot last year. We didn't really have, you know, scores or really a great recruiting class this year. We had a you know top three recruiting class, but, you know, just didn't really gel. They didn't have the greatest year. Um, together and, and at the end of it all, Kessler, one of our bigs that was primed to start next year, transferred out. Deron Sharp is going to the draft. Caleb Love is coming back. Um, Baycott more than likely is coming back as well, and we're losing a few seniors. But you know, I guess for him, it just you know was that was that time, and he felt like it was time to call it a career. But all in all, definitely a, a decorated career. You know, three national titles, four hundred um, plus wins with two different NCAA um, Division One schools. I don't think any other coach has done that before. 903 career wins. I forgot how many final four appearances. I think maybe nine um, and a few, uh, you know, ACC championships as well. So all in all, thank you, coach. Shout out to you. Um, appreciate you for, you know, everything that you've done, especially for the young men of North Carolina. Like I said, he didn't put, he hasn't put out, you know, you know, the, the top guys each and every year, you know, number one draft pick, number two, number three, whatever the case may be. But he always puts out, you know, quality young men that find themselves either in the G League or, getting quality minutes, um, you know, on a team somewhere, uh, whether it's G League or in the NBA. And uh, they all just, you know, thank him for the, what the, I guess the lessons and everything that they, that he's instilled in them and, you know, made them better men in general. So definitely want to give a shout out to Coach Roy Williams, um, you know, for everything that you brought to the UNC family. Yeah, man. Uh, shout out to Roy Williams. I mean, this is not my shout out, but, you know, like you yeah. said, great career, over 900 wins, three championships. He's one of the, one of the, one of the most legendary coaches of my lifetime, you know, mm -hmm. uh, back then uh, watching college basketball, like it was certain people that I just like watching, like JJ Redick was probably one of my favorite basketball players uh, for right UNC. Right. Like I wasn't a fan of UNC, but when y'all had uh, Ty Lawson and Tyler Hansborough, like I was mm -hmm. locked in every 
week watching you guys. Uh, shout out to him. Uh, great coach, legendary coach. Uh, you know, not the inning he wanted, but I think he said it was time. So it's always it, it's always good when you can leave at peace, too. Like, mm -hmm. not when you don't want to leave. It seemed like he was at peace with his decision, and that's always the best for him. You know, his health and his mental health, all that stuff yeah. is important. So uh, shout out to him and, you know, wish him, I wish him uh, success. And hopefully he picks. I see some people talking about, like, Larry Brown. I think Larry Drew. Uh, I think it's Larry Brown. They uh, said that they want him to pick the successor. So, mm -hmm. hopefully, you know, good luck with him and everything he does. Yeah, true legend. Seriously. Yeah. yeah. And next, you know, we got your shout out. You know, wanted to give you know the glory to the the Cinderella team of the the year this year. Oh yes, sir. UCLA, uh, like I said before, uh, they were in the first four out. They had to play Michigan State just to get in the tourney. Like they had a, their own play in game. Uh, but this run they've been able to put on is pretty phenomenal. Knocking off two uh, heavyweights, well, not heavyweights this season, but dominant teams in Alabama and Michigan to get to the Final Four. Uh, just resilient team, you know. There's been games where they've been down double digits, but they've just continued to fight back, uh, continue to show their uh, poise and big moments. Just shout out to them for, you know, making the tournament great. Like, this is why the tournament is great, teams like this. You would never – nobody, when they fit out their brackets, a team in the first four in, first four out game, playing game, like who picks them to go to the, you know, final four? And them mm -hmm. doing that just shows how great the tournament is. And every year, uh, you know – Anybody can be beat. There's no, there's no guaranteed winner. There's no, the favorite never really wins. Maybe Gonzaga this year, but yeah. it never really ends like that. And they just show how uh, great March Madness is. That's why we all love it. Like people that aren't even the biggest basketball fans, I feel like they've been to March Madness for reasons like this. Cinderella stories. Like imagine if they win this. Yeah. I wonder what their coach's pep talk was like when they announced they were going to the first four in. Like, you know, one, he was probably like one game at a time. And now look what they are. So mm -hmm. shout out to UCLA putting on for, uh, California as well, and just just being resilient. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm definitely tuned in. Um, they're definitely the underdog. I expect them to get thracks, but they've <laughs> had a great they've had a great year. And uh, shout out to them. There's nothing like win or lose tomorrow. I think they can hold their heads high. Yeah. because nobody yeah. expected them. To. Yeah, not at all. Like you just said, it's this is overachieving at, at its finest. Like this is the definition of yeah. overachieving. <laughs> um, to to go from a playing game to the final four, like. That's nothing to better IS. So definitely shout out to UCLA. Um, you know, everybody over there, like you just said, Los Angeles as a whole, like their teams have been showing out in the last few last year, you know, year and a half or so. So definitely um looking forward to the game. Like you just said, I think they're gonna get thraxed, but you know, this is honestly a win in my book. Like to get to the final four oh, somewhere true. you weren't even supposed to be at. So they got they got a trophy for winning, you know, their side of the bracket. You know, they get the hats, they get the, the shirts, they get all that little gear. So, you know, and just the experience of a lifetime in general. Just shout out to NCAA um, for even being able to, you know, put this uh, tournament on this year. Um, of course, with it being canceled last year. So definitely shout out to UCLA. Shout out to NCAA. And, One uh, quick thing though before you go on. Hmm? Like as a competitor, you know, there's no moral victories. Like these guys, you know, all the, the outsiders, the people that don't, that aren't inside the program saying, oh, you guys have so much to be proud of. Uh, you mm -hmm. guys had a great season, win or lose. They're not thinking that. They're kind of going and win tomorrow. Like they're mm -hmm. not, they're not like Kobe said, job's not finished. So, you know, I think they're hungry and they're hearing all the doubters and they're gonna come ready to play tomorrow. Like I expect mm -hmm. a blowout, but I would not be surprised if the game comes down to the wire. And even if they pull it out based off how they've, you know, when teams get hot, there's nothing you can do about it. Mm -hmm. All it takes is for you to get hot at the right time. So yeah, yeah. And put together, you can say they got two more games to be hosting the, the real trophy at the end. So 
definitely shout out to them. Um, and shout out to you, Dash. Shout out to Off the Ball Network. Shout out again to Manscaped, who is powering this episode and Off the Ball Network as a whole. Um, go to manscaped.com and when you use code OTBN, you get 20% off plus free shipping. Um, so definitely, you know, check out Manscaped. Um, you know, show your boss some love and uh, get that 20% off and free shipping. Like I said, using code OTBN. But that does it for another episode of What the Game Means to Me. Another loaded episode. A lot of sports news that we had to cover. I'm glad we can we can do this again. Um, anything, you know, anything that you think of before we head out that we may not have covered. Any extra shout outs, any, um, you know, things that we may need to, uh, you know, say before we head out today. Uh, nah, nothing much. Looking forward to tomorrow. Two good, two good basketball games uh, coming on. Uh, you know, by what Monday or Tuesday we'll have our champion. Monday yeah. or Tuesday night we'll have our champion. We'll have another. We'll be coming to you guys with another episode covering that. So you know, yes, sir. Looking forward to the game tomorrow. A great, a great day for basketball fans. And, uh, just looking forward to this next week and this next month. This next month of sports. You know, with baseball starting off the NFL draft, just a lot to look forward to. For sure, for sure. Uh, just one last thing. I guess I do want to give a little bit of shout out. You know, Stanford end up pulling out their game yeah, against it. South Carolina. Yeah. Women's wise, um, you know, we kind of forget about them, but they're definitely playing again, playing as well. Um, Looks like uh, Connecticut, um, UConn, they're starting to cut down the lead. They were down, I think, by 10 and a half. Hopefully, uh, what Paige, what's her last name? Paige Buckley. Um, first. I call it Paige, Paige Buckley. Yeah. First freshman um, to win, uh, you know, the Women's AP Award uh, you know, for in NCAA. Um, so definitely shout out to her. Hopefully, they're able to pull it out. It'll be a Stanford versus UConn matchup. There's, I think, maybe on Tuesday. So, um, you know. It'll be interesting um, to see if they're able to pull it out. But, you know, shout out to the to the women's side of the uh, NCAA. Um, and like I said, either way, we're going to have a great matchup on the men's side and the women's side. But I definitely wanted to uh, make sure I shout them out. Uh, shout out to us as well. Be on the lookout. We definitely have a lot more content coming. Should have a new logo coming by next week. Hopefully a new intro as well. Um, like that, just said, definitely looking forward to this next few months of, of sports with the NFL draft coming up. Um Baseball also starting NBA um, season will be coming to a wine with the playoffs. Just a lot of stuff to be excited about. A lot more talk to be, to be had. And again, shout out to the Off the Ball Network. Shout out to all those guys over there. Um, I said Jeff, President Chris LeBron, Mo, um, the Hoopers, um, Jerry. This past week, we you know we did an a, a NHL show with him. I just posted some uh, clips of the game that we played. So uh, definitely check out that live on our Twitter or you know Instagram or Facebook. Um, and just everybody else over there as, as a whole, Steven, um, James Barcia, everybody does great, amazing work. So definitely check out off the ball network.com for all your sports needs. Um, and yeah, like I said, we're, we're, we're definitely on the way up and there's a lot of uh, exciting things to come from us, um, as a network and then us, um, you know, as a duo on this podcast, but like I said, that does it for another episode of what the game means to me. I'm your host, Jelani Brown. That's my host, Thaddeus Bell. And, uh, you know, we're out for the day. We'll see you next time. Catch y'all later.